Yeah. Okay. We're starting Perik Dalad. Perik Dalad. Uh, so the Matsovishal Odam Berlam Hazir, what is the situation of man in this world and the paths that are in front of Derek Prat? What is he supposed to do? So it's Perik Dalad of Derek Hashem. So what the Ramchal says <coughs> that in terms of the situation of man in Oilam Hazir, we can distinguish really two different categories in that sense, you know. <coughs> Um, the essence of man himself and the essential ideas of the situation that he is placed in which is really man and his world that's what the Ramchal wants to talk about <clears throat> now in terms of the man in and of himself he had mentioned which he repeats uh, that man Human beings are made of two different opposites, which is really very, which is really, when you think about it, uh, really incredible. You know how two different opposites can exist in within the same boundaries, because the natural thing, of course, is one to destroy or eviscerate the other. <clears throat> but two different things exist within the same boundaries. In fact, as the same entity. And one, of course, is the neshama, and the second is the guf. We know, of course, that the neshama is an unbelievable spiritual thing. In fact, the neshama is really the greatest ruchni ever created, really. <clears throat> Other than the malachim, the malachim are far inferior to the neshama itself. And, and really, the neshama is part of the or Soif, which is interesting. Uh, the neshama is nothing more, in, in, a, in a certain sense, uh, of the uh, Ein Soif. Is, is neshama or the chelik of kaimimal? Well, that's why neshama is a chelik of kaimimal. Well, it, it, we're all separated from that, <coughs> so we're a chelik. But the, uh, in terms of the identity, the neshama shares an identity, really, with, with the shechina. Actually, that's really what it is, you know? In fact, if you really want to have a better understanding of that, if you took a coin, you know, a coin has two sides. There's heads, and there's tails, right? The shechina, the, actually, there's one coin, and one side is the shechina, and the other side is the neshama. Part of one coin. Except in a certain sense, it's like two different expressions, or forms, of the same item called the coin. One is called the Shechina, the Divine Presence, and the other called the Neshama, which is a being, you see. Well, the Shechina, of who? Yeah, because when we talk about the Barsham, we can distinguish many different levels of his manifestation. That's interesting. <clears throat> I mean, ultimately, I once said, which is very important, is that we don't know who the Bansham is. We will never know. We cannot in any way comprehend the Bansham. No being, whether it be Malach, I don't care how high they are, it's irrelevant. Nothing and nobody can ever understand the being called God. You remember why? 
Why not? Because an understanding, by definition, is a limitation. Fine. Yeah, but why? <clears throat> well, that's not even... Okay. <clears throat> because the problem is, not because of Hashem, I once mentioned this, not because God is infinite. That's not a problem. Because the Ramchal says that God could have made us infinite, whatever that means. No? He didn't. He didn't. But I want to tell you, there are a lot of people walking around think that they are infinite. This is part of the problem. <laughs> you know. It's called delusions of adequacy. But anyway, <clears throat> um, he could have made us infinite, but he didn't. So therefore, infinity is not a reason why we cannot comprehend him. Because even if we were infinite, we could comprehend him, right? Because he could have made us that way. And the answer is that even if we were somehow infinite beings, whatever that means, we still couldn't comprehend him. Why? And the answer is because comprehension means that you have an understanding of a concept. It's an idea that you grasp, you see. But what happens if every idea that you can grasp is not God? I don't care what you can grasp. Why is that? Because the Bansham created ideas. So if I can only grasp him with an idea, and he created that idea, well, obviously it's not him, because he existed before the idea. You see? In other words, there is no idea that it coexists with him that I could say, aha, I understand him, because this idea is associated with him. It's not just that smooth, so it's also in something we can't understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. But I'm, I'm really talking about Atzmusa. So therefore, God is ungraspable. Why? Because every idea that you can grasp is not Him. Because it's a created entity. So how can a man grasp Him? Because even they, however they think, however, even they grasp through concepts. That's how we understand things. But if he is none of those concepts, because he created it all, they but can't grasp him. But the prophetic vision is beyond, it's much Who? higher. The prophetic vision is the higher than the logical and conceptual framework. That's true. But, re but remember, a prophetic vision still has concepts. Does doesn't it? doesn't have to. It's above intellect. No, no. A pro Why should we bound to concepts? <clears throat> we can, from here, we can relate it to concepts. But everything, is a con everything is a concept. What is not a concept? It's higher than intellect. Who? It's higher than intellect. It's higher than... No, no, no. It simply means that you can access a reality that you cannot access here. Pro prophecy doesn't... The only thing Navua will give you, other than the attachment to God and so on and so forth, is that it's a different pathway of knowledge. That's all. I know things that I could never know with the five senses, with my logic and so on. No, it's, it's a different device to access reality. That's all it is. But the reality is still ideas. That's what it means by the Enoshim Dimion Club. What? Vein Loin. Venoshum Dimion Club. Vein what? Venoshum Dimion. Ideas. Well, imagination, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dimion there would be ideas, yeah, exactly, yeah. And again, the problem is because he created all the ideas and clearly then they don't coexist with him, so then how can we grasp him? Where's the source that we get that Hashem created everything including ideas? 
Well, it, there's a pasuk in Yeshayo which is brought down after us, where the Bonsham says, and Yeshayo, uh, you know, says it in his name, "V'elmit damyuni v'eshver." Who are you going to compare me like? And I will be that. Bonsham says, "There's nothing you can compare me to. Nothing. You can't say I'm smart because I'm not. Because that's not me." You see, you can't say I'm this. You can't say anything about me. In fact, what is shocking, you cannot even say God. Because in the realm of God, the word or the concept of a supreme being doesn't exist. Even the concept of a supreme being, which is God, doesn't coexist with him. It was a created idea. Interesting. What? We are totally... Absolutely, completely stuck. Yeah, where he says, And if you want to praise God, just say nothing. There's nothing to say. Because everything is merely a creation. That's very hard to grasp. That means every idea that I can ever say about him is not him. It's a created entity that he created to understand reality. Yes, I use that bubble, correct. Yeah, there's a bubble called creation, and he's outside the bubble. All ideas, things, places, you name it. You know, objects, concepts, is in the bubble. Outside the bubble, there is nothing else. In fact, you know, uh, maybe the ultimate way of saying it is that God, is God part of reality? No. Reality is part of God. Like, you know, what more essential is there than reality? You know? <clears throat> reality is part... He created reality. In fact, he created the word called reality, the idea of reality. That's how far removed he is from us. So if that's the case, how can you possibly understand who he is? can't. That's why it's not because he's infinite. Most people have no idea why you cannot know who God is. But the answer to that is because there is no concept that He is. In fact, probably the craziest idea is that God does not exist in our terms. Because existence, which is a concept, was created too. So then the problem is then what is it? If we can't even use the word God exists, so then what in the world can we use? And the answer is, we can't. We don't know. We don't know the alternative to existence. See, but there's an alternative that we are unaware of. But, you know, existence is so basic, how could there be an alternative? Because as far as we know, you either exist or you don't exist. There's an alternative, you know. <clears throat> and therefore, that's a noble. Now, but after that, when God created the bubble, so to speak, then he created <coughs> concepts, ideas, he created objects, etc., etc. He created the concept of reality, and then he assigns or designates specific ideas that he says, these you can describe me as. You see. Representations of him. Correct. Yeah, they are conceptual representations of him. You see. But what he, one of the things that he did create is called the Ein Soif. 
he created the Ein Saif. What in the world does that mean? But it's a Nivro, yeah. You know. And that, so when we refer to the Bansham, we refer to the Ein Saif. You know, so what is the Ein Saif really? Existence. <coughs> what? Existence. It's, it's a being that is pure existence. Whatever that means. In other words, the essence of the Ein Saif is existence. There is no other essence. And so on. So the Ain't so if we say is the Rabbanishlam, but it's pure existence, and that's what it is. It's a being that has pure existence. And then from there everything else follows after that. And so on. So you know. So the Nishama comes in after that. And just in, because I'm, I'm only asking this way because I won't get confused. But you're listening to you don't get confused? Yes, I won't get confused because Rebbe's brother gave a share You remember what Kain said? Am I my brother's keeper? But I just want to see Rebbe's... I? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I, I wouldn't usually do this, but... The, he said that really the, that people, really, we are Chil Chil Kamimau. Yeah. We were given... Whatever, whatever the Shur said, basically, the Chil Chil Kamimau is not the Neshama. It is basically a piece of Ein Sof, whatever that means. Yeah. And the Neshama... And the goof were given to the 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 chalik. Fine. Well, how is that? That's merely semantics. Look, I mean. yeah, well, it, it, it's it's merely putting it a step lower, you know. Because really, what it is, what he's probably talking about is the spheres. After the ainsoif comes the spheres. <coughs> he's talking about okay. beings. So these I call it atzmusoy, which is beyond the bubble, and the in, the immediacy of the bubble is called the ainsoif, and then right after that it's called the spheres. And then we come after that. Okay, so in, our, so in a certain sense, himself, in a certain sense, we are a chilek of the spheres. So we're a chilek of the spheres. So then, in, in a certain, in our, we, am I, at the end of the day, am I in a shama or am I? Do I have an shama? That's the good question. In my total, inner, inner, innermost essence, am I in a shama or do I have an shama? <coughs> That's a really very good question. Because that question brings in another question. Who is the I? You're all looking. Who are you? Can you tell me who are you? Who is the I in the brain somewhere? I'm not talking about the brain, but who is the... Who or what is that entity that is aware of me? You see? Who is that entity? <coughs> Where's, where does the entity called the I, which has a property called awareness, you need to separate awareness from the I. The I is some type of an entity that has awareness. Who in the world is the I? You see what I'm saying? Who? So that's, a, that's not an easy question. I have asked that question to Mikubalim. He spoke about it two weeks ago, not three weeks ago. No, I was not for him. No, 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 no. What's this? Yeah? Yeah. He said there is no really I. Everyone is the same, but... Okay. But I find... But I... And I find that... A. They have never even framed that question. So, which, uh, well, I once asked the Makubal, well, obviously I'm not going to name, 
uh, you know, who really was very, he was supposed to be a, a real, his specialty was Gilgulam, which is interesting, you know. And I asked him, who is the I? It took me 15 minutes to explain the question. Like, what do you mean I? There's an Ishama, but excuse me, who, I'm talking to you, who are you that's talking to me? Are you the Nishama? He could not answer, it took him 15 minutes to grasp the question. Because he never thought of it in those words. You know, we fling around to and the Nishama, the Guf, you know, it's like, we fling those things around. But whatever happened to the most essential part of us, which is me, I? In the morning we say, like, I, the be. Who's the be? All other things flying around, the flowers. The only thing we know for certain is it's not the Guf. Who? The only thing we know for certain is that you are not the ghost. We're not the ghost. So, I would say, you know, I, and I was surprised because he had, it took me 15 minutes to explain what in the world I was talking about because he had never framed it that way and then he didn't answer me. He didn't know. I once asked the Chosh of a Mekobel, who is the I? See? And he told me, is the Yechida. Oh, that's what I was going to say. It's a few parts of the Shaman. It's the highest part. Yeah, but then I said, excuse me. So I said, wait, if it's Yechida, the Nishama has five parts, <coughs> right? Neron Chai, Nefesh, Ruach, Nishama, Chaya, Yechida. Those are the five parts of the Nishama, fine. So I said, if the Yechida of, Adam, uh, of a man, if the Yechida is who? If the Yechida is the eye, I said, so I said to him, it's Mekubal, I mean, very Chosh Vagaya, so that's what he tied him. So I, I said to him, did you ever go to the zoo? The zoo. Did you ever look at the gorillas? The gorillas, you know, the chimps, gorillas. When you look at them and they look at you, now of course, thank God, there's bars between you and him, but they're looking at you. Who in the world is looking at me? There's an eye there, isn't there? Well, maybe, it's a, maybe it's a biological robot, essentially. No, it's not a robot. It's a real being. These gorillas, the chimps. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to the low forms, mosquitoes. I, I'm not even going to that, you know. But gorillas is a highly intelligent, comparatively, or whatever they, you know. And who's looking at me now? I said, animals do not have a yechidah. They don't have an ishama. But the guy has a guy. The gorilla has an eye. <laughs> you meet people who look like gorillas, who act like gorillas, you know. But so I said, the gorilla has an eye. There's something looking at me that has an awareness of my presence. You know, maybe he's thinking about dinner, who knows what that is. Actually, gorillas are vegetarians, basically. They're not, uh, you know, they're not carnivorous. But if you look at a lion, he's just thinking about dinner. You know what I'm saying? Then there's something looking at me. Okay, the, con the, uh, the eye has a limited consciousness, that's true. Or awareness. <laughs> In other words, if you ask, so here's the way it works. If you really want to get, really, uh, analytical. There's the eye. First we have to discuss the parts. There's the eye, right? And then the eye has what's called awareness or consciousness. That's number two. And number three, what are you aware of? The content of the consciousness is three. You see? What are you aware of? So an animal has an eye, you know, and so on, right? And they have consciousness. You better believe it. You know what I'm saying? They have awareness. But their con the content of their conscious is extremely limited. You know, do they know that they're a lion? No. 
Do they know? They know there's a world out there, but it's instinctual. But they are aware. You see, they they're not. They, they cannot reflect on themselves and say, "Hmm, wow, I'm a lion." You know, they, they don't do that kind of stuff. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? They don't look at a lioness and say, "Wow, she's my wife." You know what I'm saying? They don't have this kind of content and so on. So it's consciousness with an eye, but it's limited. You know, we have the we have the greatest level. We don't have more eye than them. There's only one eye, right? And we certainly are aware, but the content of our consciousness is awesome. We can think about our own existence. We can entertain all kinds of philosophical questions and so on. You know, we can understand the whole concept of nature, the Bria, Teva, the concept of the laws of nature. It's like it's like it's like you know it's awesome the difference between us and them. So I said to him, I said, an animal has an eye. He doesn't have a yechida, he has no neshama. So what do you mean? He was stuck. Because obviously it's not the yechida. So in other words, what we see is that a being can have an eye without a neshama. That's the proof. You see what I'm saying? You go to any zoo. Who? So No, no, it's not the goof. So the question is, what is the eye? It has to be more subtle than the goof. What is it, biological? What is it? Is it the brain? There are many biologists that believe that there is no eye. It's, it's, it's a property of the brain. The brain projects, astoundingly, a sense of eye. You know? And then it gives the brain, it's all brain, which is astounding. Yeah, but then who gets, who gets all that? Yeah, well, the brain gets all You know? Well, obviously that's not true. You know? And so on. The truth is, I, I've never found an adequate answer, who is the I? But clearly you see that the I is not Ruchni, which is interesting. Then it can't be in the Well, it wouldn't, yeah. That's why, Shinasata B, Elokai Neshama, Shinasata B, right, Tahiri and so on, well, who's the B? Sounds like there are two components here. There's the Neshama that you gave me, that means there's a me besides the Neshama. Right? So therefore, it seems to be that there's a concept called identity or I, the ego or the I and so on. But our I, okay, is connected to an Ishama. Now you have to know one thing. There is a thing called the Nefesh Tachtoina. There is what's called the Nefesh Elyoina, which is the uppermost soul. And there's a thing called the Nefesh Tachtoina the bottom, the lower soul, and that's the, another term used for nefesh tachtoina is called nefesh bahamas, it's a famous term, and the Tanya, Balatanya used this, nefesh bahamas, okay? What the nefesh tachtoina is, it is some incredibly elusive thing that cannot be detected, the Ramchal calls it dakshabadakas, the subtle of the most subtle, it resides in the blood, that's why nefesh, nefesh uhadam, right? But it is a physical thing, not a spiritual. Every living thing has a nefesh tachtoina. Everything. In other words, the nefesh tachtoina, whatever it is, is physical, but is incredibly subtle. It's almost like, it's like energy, so to speak. You, 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 you know? Yeah, well, yeah, because that's a biological model. You know, the nefesh and everything has a nefesh because that's what 
activates or creates the dynamism of the brain. You know, it's like, anything <coughs> about, you know, right now there's a tremendous amount of research going on in the brain. That's the last great frontier of the brain. It's like, you know, I mean, it's just awesome what a, what a, what a device that is, you know. It's the only organ that's, that's trying to think about itself. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the brain is, has a hundred billion neurons. It's impressive. There's nothing that has a hundred billion of anything, you know. But the brain has a hundred billion neurons. But what is so impressive is not that it's not just a hundred billion neurons. It's the synapses. It's the connections. Now, no neuron ever touches another neuron. There's a space in between. It's called a synapse. And it, each neuron talks to the other neuron through what's called neurotransmitters, like dopamine. You know, this one will send a chemical across this incredibly small gap, will be picked up by this neuron, and, and, and send and so on and so forth, you know. And all of a sudden the brain can detect, for instance, the brain detects too much sodium in the blood. However it does that, you know. And then all of a sudden it will issue and say, okay, in order to dilute the sodium in the blood, right, we need to retain water. You see what I'm saying? Like, who figured this out? What is it? It's not like a little man in the brain it plugged into this humongous computer switch, you know, you know, uh, a display and so on and so on. Like, you know, when the brain figures out what to do, it's just astounding what goes on. Who's the who? You know, and so on and so forth. There seems to be some type of an operator of the brain that's pulling all the switches. Anyway, so it, it seems to be that that is the nefesh tachtoino that gives the input or the chius, the vitality of the brain. Now, it, therefore, it would seem that the nefesh tachtoino is an eye. Eye. Because animals have a nefesh tachtoino, but it's limited. The, 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 uh, the uh, human being has a nefesh tachtoino that's awesome, obviously. And, and therefore, his entire brain, his mechanism is just incredible, what he can do. But we share the same, we share with animals two things. One is that we have a material body, like they. And two, we have a nefesh tachtoino that seems to animate that physical body. So it could be that the nefesh tachtoino, one of its properties is to produce an eye. Except since our nefesh tachtoino is a million times more sophisticated than the nefesh tachtoino of an ant, we can obviously, not only have an eye, but our consciousness is awesome, and obviously we can do, our devices are more complex and so on. You know? But it would seem that the neshama is not, doesn't produce an eye. The neshama is an attachment to the ruchni, oilam. That's what the neshama seems to be. This is one way of looking at it. You see? And, and the proof of that is, like I say, a gorilla has an eye. It's something looking at you. You know what I'm saying? Where's it getting from? So now that's number one. Yeah, there's no goof. Yeah. <clears throat> now it's also possible <clears throat> that maybe the neshama, <clears throat> in and of itself, can produce an eye. It's, that's a possibility. So maybe an eye can be produced. Means the ego. The uh, ident that which is self-aware, and so on. It's not clear. 
I have never found a satisfactory answer, and I have found disagreements between Mikubolim. You know, that's assuming they even thought about this problem. You see, the Ramchal seems to indicate that the neshama is given to a person, and that is his connection to Ruchni, to the Oilam Ruchni. But not that that is him, you see. It seems to indicate that in others' form, that we have an Ishama which therefore separates that from everything else. Tentatively, you're agreeing with your brother. What was that? Tentatively, you're agreeing with your brother. Tentatively. <laughs> anyway, but it, it doesn't seem to be a clear, and it, it, it's not really dealt with. If you look in the Sefer HaGilgulam, or Rabchaim Vital, you know, he talks about obviously a Gilgulam. What well, you know, uh, are the rules and regulations of a Gilgulam? You know? So the real question, of course, is who's in this Galgal? Who reincarnates? You know, and so on. Is it the eye that reincarnates? Is it the Nishama that reincarnates? It's not clear. There's another problem. There are many problems that really need a solution. Other Mauritian, I'm just giving you the problems something to think about, you know. You take Adam Rishon, he was a man. He was an incredible person. We have no asoga of who he was. But in the end, Adam Rishon had some kind of counterpart that was physical, whatever that physicality was. But he was physical, although it was much higher physicality, whatever. And he also had a neshama. He had the, the neshama. Because if you remember the example I used, you have a coin, the left side, one side is Shechina, and the other side is the Shama. God only created one Neshama. That's called the Neshama Plolis. It's also called Knesset Yisrael. <coughs> one. And what the Bansham did is he took that one Neshama and he put it into Adam Marishim. So when it says Vayipach Bi'apav, notice he made Adam from the Adama. That's why Adam is called Adam, because it comes from the Ad Adama. That's one of the ideas, right? And he blew into it a Nishmas Chaim. That is the Nishama, you see. So, and therefore Adam had the only Nishama existing. He had all of it, whatever. And he had consciousness. There was a real human being, so to speak, that could talk to you. And he had a discussion with Chava. And so on and so forth, you know. So the question is, when he sinned, yes, he sinned, and therefore what happened was, he changed enormous amount of things, but one of the things is he fragmented into thousands and thousands of pieces. So the neshama now became sort of like fragmented on a certain level. Okay? So the question is, what happened to his consciousness? How can consciousness be split? You see, you could split a table, but a neshama is a singularity of an entity. How do you split it? How can you split consciousness in a neshama? In a neshama? Means if we're all Odomeritian, how could that be? You know, that means you're me and I'm you. That may make a lot of people very uncomfortable. <coughs> but that's what it would mean that we are really all identical we're the same thing but how could that be because I look at you and you look at me you see there's clearly a spatial 
differentiation. But how could that be? What does it mean that a neshama can split? So if you learn that the neshama is the chilek to ruchni, makes sense. Because each of us has his, some aspect of his neshama. No problem. You know what I'm saying? But if you learn that the neshama produces an eye, so how can an eye split? It's an indivis an eye is an indivisible entity. You know what I'm saying? It's indivisible because there's an entity called eye. You know, you can't cut an eye. You know what I'm saying? So what, what does it mean to cut an eye? And if it is cut, that means what are we looking at here? Two different eyes, but then they're differentiated. So it's not the same thing. Like what 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 goes on here? That's obviously not really understood clearly. What is the reality in terms of the neshama, in terms of the faculty of awareness of I, the identity, the ego itself? Who is in this galgal? How could Adam be split? What does a gorilla really have? All these things are fundamental issues to be solved in order to really understand what goes on, you see. And I, I don't find that people really have a grasp of these. You know, it's obviously the ideas are very philosophical in a certain sense, but they're critical analytically to uh, figure out what's going on. They're the basic information, you see. Anyway, so at least ostensibly, we have a nishama in us, right? So we are literally two beings, a nishama which is purely spiritual, and a goof which is completely physical which is the exact opposite of a spiritual. Yet they exist side by side, which really is impossible. It's a nest. It's the same thing as if the Roshim had made water and fire existing together, neither able to dominate. Which is, as far as we're concerned, I mean, that was one of the markets of Mitzrayim. Right? You had the impossibility. And so on, you know? Basically, that's really what it is. We are water and fire together. We, we are entities that really should not exist if not for the zero or the desire of the Rabbani Shalom. You see. So then, of course, the question is, so what? Why do this? Why is the nature of man physical and spiritual at the same time? What's the point of this? And the answer is, ultimately, the reason why we are a mixture of two opposing entities is that we need to decide which entity dominates. What it does, it's combat. What the Boshma has done by putting two, it's like, you know what it is? Put two guys in the arena. Fight it out. It's really what it is. The Neshama and the Guf together is an arena. They have to fight it out. The neshama has to subdue the guf and turn, not only subdue the guf, but to turn the guf into a ruchnistic entity, relatively speaking. Or the guf turns the neshama into a darkened entity. There you are. It's war. It's combat. That obviously is what it's all about. The Vashem created two opposing entities in one arena called the goof, and now he said, okay, fight it out. You see. So what he did do, so that's the, what's called the, the given, or the situation. 
Now the question is, okay, well how does any, each one of these things <coughs> win? What are the weapons of choice that each side has? You understand what I'm saying? I'm laying a fundamental groundwork of what's going on. Uh, so the question then, of course, is, okay, what are the weapons? Choose your weapons. Choose your weapons. So you're the nishama, right? What's your weapon? How are you going to subdue this guy, the goof? You're the goof. How are you going to stop this guy from trying to, you know, get you to change? And the answer is, what's the weapons of the nishama? Who? No. No, that's a property of the neshama. Maybe of the goof, actually. It's a property of the, uh, the nefshtach toina. No, what's the weapons of the neshama? How does the neshama subdue the goof? And how does it convert the goof into being a relatively speaking spiritual entity? Relatively, because it never becomes... Who? The connection to What does that mean? Specifically. Specifically? Yeah. The tools that he gave us. That's generally. That's not specifically. No, you all know. Mitzvahs. That's what I mean by the kind of law. I don't know what you mean, but that's not what you said. I, I, I never assume. Torah, mitzvah, Torah. No, 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 get, forget the drushes. Mitzvahs. One word. That's what you're supposed to say. Right? Yeah, that's it. The Shoma has mitzvahs. Through the mitzvahs, it's able to, the body does what? The body takes the physical universe and by using it for the, for the, for the uh, sake of the Rabbanishlam, uh, can convert the body <coughs> into a relatively spiritual being. That's the, what? Well, it becomes Kodesh, yeah. Well, the, the weaponry of the neshama is mitzvahs. Without that, it can't do zilch to the body. And how does it make the body? By forcing, so to speak, the body to engage in a physical act, which is a mitzvah, it can subdue, transform the body. That's it. What is the weaponry of the goof? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 but basically yeah, it's mitzvahs. Yeah. They have building it. What? They have building it. They're just taking it away. But, but the damage you did. To who? <coughs> well, yeah, yeah. What, the, what he's saying is true. Tshuva works on a different way, which is true. Yeah. But the chathila, good point, by the way. But what's the weaponry of the goof? Who? What's that mean? Who? Yeah, exactly. That's what we which is an avera. The weaponry of the goof is to enjoy this world without any thought about God. Just do it. That's its weapon. The weaponry of the goof. The weaponry of the goof is the total submersion and usage of Ulam Habzeh without any thought whatsoever to God and whatever. That's it. That's its weapon. And by doing that, it intensifies <coughs> its 
Gesh Geshem nature. Oh, you see? So it's unbelievable. That's why the Bosham did this. He wants a fight. It's a war. You see, that's what it's it's combat. It's all it's about. Who's gonna subdue who? Will the Nishama subdue the goof by doing what? By forcing the goof to engage in a physical act with the intent of the Rabbanishlam, which is basically what a mitzvah does, right? <laughs> and therefore it will subdue and transform the goof or vice versa. The goof will engage without any thought whatsoever to Ruchnius, totally in a physical universe, and therefore it will intensify its physicality, and Bemo, the Neshama, does not transform the Guf, and on the contrary, the Neshama loses. That is the question. So that's the setup. War, combat, and I'm not talking about Mechem You know, that's another feature. Just but the neshama in the goof in and of itself has a big problem. You see. Where's now the, what? Where's the tikkun for the man? The well the tikkun will be when he does uses the world for mitzvahs. That's his tikkun. Because what he will have done is transformed his goof from an enemy into an ally. That's what he will have done. Why is now here's the problem. The neshama in and of itself is a blockage. It's a chomer and it's ruchni. Fine. So what? So that in and of itself is a blockage of the neshama. But the real kicker, as they say, is when you add the sotan and the Yitzhahara. You see, so before Odomarishim, you don't have the Yitzhahara in the guf. Odomarishim has a guf which is blockage. Fine. So that blockage creates certain illusions in Odomarishim or Odom. Right? And then outside there's some guy, namely the snake, trying to talk the person into why different do you, why ideas. What was that? Why do you need both the guf and the satan? Because without the satan there's no drives. You have the guf. No. Here's the problem. Who is the Yetzir Tov? You don't find a Yetzir Tov. You find all kinds of Sotans. Yetzir Hor is always a Sotan. But who's the Malach of the Yetzir Tov? Who is that? You ever find that? Is there a name of a Malach that's the Yetzir Tov? You don't find that. So then who is the Yetzir Tov? No. What does a Yetzir mean? <coughs> a Yetzir is a inclination toward a certain direction. Why would I be inclined? Right? There has to be some type of a drive. So what is the drive of the Yetzir What is the Yetzir Who? Exactly. It's the Neshama. The Neshama doesn't need a Yetzir. Excuse me, a Yetzir It is a Yetzir. A spiritual entity of Neshama is a Yetzir. Automatically. It will drive you to be Ruchni. But here's the problem. The goof is not a Yetzer. Why not? It's just an obstacle. It has no drive in and of itself. Yerevot. So in the, begin in the beginning of time, what was the war? You had Odom that have some type of a goof, and it has the neshama which was driven 
for Ruchni, right? And it had that one mitzvah. And the Yitzhahara had nothing to do with the body. There was no drive in terms of the body. But there was some type of a drive. But it wasn't a physical drive. It was an outside drive to be God. You see. Well, there was an argument. Well, the, 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 the Sultan said, if you eat from this tree, you'll live forever or you'll be God. It was an argument. <coughs> you see. <coughs> Actually, <coughs> the real question is, well, you really get into this, you know. It could, the real question is, what was the Yates of horror by Odom Rishon? It wasn't his body, because the Sutton, the Nochash, was outside his body. So the, what, what was this? When the Sutton talked to Chava, right? Which was identical to Odom, let's say. What was he talking to? You know, can you go over to somebody, can you convince a piece of wood to do an Avera? No, because it has no consciousness. Uh, if automation has no drive whatsoever, so then who are you talking to? Who said he didn't have a drive? Yeah, well, he did. Mm-hmm. What was the eight of time? But, but you understand, then who, the, the Sutton can't talk to the Nishama. Nishama wow. looks at because the Nishama is pure eight of time. The goof has nothing. The goof is not. The goof is. No, that simply means nefesh That's how the goof works. I am talking about Adam Rishni. F- he can be swayed by an external nafesh. No, he can't because without a drive, there's nothing to talk to. He can't talk to a piece of wood. He can't. Why didn't he have his drive? His drive was to do good or to do better. It wasn't that that to do good or bad. Like when Mashiach comes, it's going to be. Good what was the origin? What is the origin of that drive? Right. It's just purely Nishama. Just it was a mistake in that drive. Right. Think about that. No, no. Of course, the Nishama has a drive. Right. The Nishama's drive always to accelerate to do much better. Yeah, but but what's the opposite drive? You know, if you have a drive to do good. And there's no opposite but drive. The there's no contest. Again, you don't understand something. But the Sutton has to talk to something. If, if Odomish has absolutely no drive whatsoever, then who's he talking to? But he's saying he has no drive, but that's not true. He does have a drive. drive I'm asking... The, excuse me. No. That, but that's a drive of toiv. Oh, there okay. has to be a drive to want to be God. Yes? Excuse me. If I walk over to you, right? And I say, you know... I, I can show you how you make a million dollars in a week. And you can say, show me why. Why are you interested? You're going to drive that money. Yes? But what if you have absolutely no drive whatsoever? You walk over to a, a Nebuchadnezzar retarded kid that's 50 IQ. And you say, I can show you how to make a million dollars. he look at you and say, like, you know, who cares? There's no concept of what money is. What? You can't talk to somebody who has no drive. It's no interest. You understand? A drive gives you interest. But you I'm, not, I'm not understanding why, why you're saying that you need to has no drive. Have to, I didn't say that Nishama has no drive. You know, just listen. One. 
the neshama has an incredible drive for ruchnius. Period. The goof is inert. It's an obstacle. That's true. It is a different nature. However, the goof is physical. It is an obstacle to ruchni, but it's inert. That's the drive. So why is it an obstacle? Because it's a different. It's a. It's a, a different chayma than ruchni. It's physical. However. When the Satan talks to Chava or Adam, I don't care who he talked to, yes? The only way you convince a person to do something is if that person has an interest in doing it. If the person has absolutely no interest in talking to the wall, you know? Go tell a guy to learn tomorrow. And he has absolutely no interest. He talk to the wall. You know what I'm saying? It's not a Yetzirah. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? So the question is, who or what drive exists in Adam uh, that gives him an interest in being God? See? And then, wait, and then the Nochesh can come over to him, or the Sok, whatever, and say, hey, we know you want to be God, I'm going to show you how to do it. Oh, yeah? But without a drive and interest to be God, who's he talking to? So that's the question. Who is the, the Sultan talking to? Uh, he has to be talking to somebody that has a real interest in being God, except he doesn't know how. And the Sultan comes up with the answer. Here's how. And therefore, oh, oh yeah, oh great, give me the apple. Quick. You, you understand the question? Uh, what? Why would he have that drive? That's the question. That's the question. You understand what I'm that, That's the question. Who is the Sultan? Now, the Sultan. Now, after the Chet. <coughs> after the Chet, then the Sultan entered the body. And voila, as they say, now he has the drives internally. There's no problem anymore to get him to sin. Because now the drives are internal to him. Now the physical body has drive and therefore it has interest. Because it has a drive. But my question is before the Chet. There was no drive in man, really. There was an imbalance. What? Was an imbalance. There had to be something. The question is where is it or what is it? Do you understand the question? It's a very serious question. But I, I disagree that there wasn't a drive. You who disagree? The neshama, the neshama is a drive. You don't understand what I'm saying. I don't understand. I, external, you don't understand. Uh, the neshama, so what's the drive of the neshama? To be God? The neshama... Uh, That's what the drive has to be for the sudden to have an influence. The neshama is God. It's, 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 it's also a spark of God. It is God. So... How is it not? Why would somebody want to be God? They are God. Not, you, not totally. No, you, you are not. Strangely speaking, you are not God. Then the Shama is. The, the no, no, no. Is, is a part of God. No, no, no. We are not God. Period. I realize that comes as a, as a very depressing idea. 
However, we are we we just aim him. There are people out there who believe they're God. Yes. The yes. No, the, 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 the person is not God. The the the, the, the neshama, that part of, of that part of the being is God. Does everybody understand the question? Forget an answer. Do you understand the question? There has to be an interest on the part of Adam to be God, or else the Satan is banging the walls. That's all. It's very simple. So the question is, before the Sutton entered the physical body, right, what is generating the interest in Odom and Chava to be God? Not or else there's no contest here. Not the guf. Not the guf. Because the Nishama, the, the Sutton is not even in the guf. And we know that it's coming from the Sutton, not from the guf. The guf is fundamentally inert. You hear the word? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, isn't that interesting? How could, how could he have given him the, the drive to, to make it internal? That, that's the question. Well, he, he was external, he couldn't. Right. But he knew that he was addressing Adam or Chava that wanted to be God. And therefore, wow, now he can offer what's called a conflict. Without an interest, there's no conflict. See, he, he wanted to conflict them and say, I got the way to do it. Like I said, but if the guy has no interest whatsoever, <coughs> it's lost. There's no conflict here, so goodbye. That's the question. Nobody really seems to address that. That there had to be something in Odom that wanted to be God. He's <coughs> saying there's no drive, so there wasn't something within him that wanted to be God. Correct, exactly. But we don't. What is the? What was the nature of the entity? Who? Well, that's the question. So what we begin to realize is that there is something else uh, besides the sudden that a person can have a, an interest in <coughs> and if I have a drive. But he had no more sofa, and that's why the conflict something. <coughs> oh, you're now beginning to see something. The problem is, <coughs> is that when the Rabbanisham separated the Nishama, from himself. It's late. You're still here. You're still here. <laughs> Can't believe you guys are still here. Uh, here's the problem. The problem is once the Nishoma was separated from the Rabban Islam, how? Because it was inserted in a physical boundary. You see? Uh, then it developed an existential fear. You see, it's one thing the Nishami before it comes down. Where is it? What's it doing? It's attached to the Rabbanishlam. You're looking at an incredible state of Vegas. It still has time. Who? It still has time. It would seem so, yeah. So it's already separated so. from the answer. Yeah, I'm not dealing with that question. That's a, that's, you know. It's still, it's connected to the Rabbanishlam. Yes? Right? Because, and that's called Vegas. But when the Rabbanishlam disconnects it and forces it down into a goof, and all of a sudden, it is occluded by the guf, where it's no more connected, yes? Then all of a sudden, there's a tremendous, what's called, it's existential inferiority or anxiety. You're saying that number two doesn't start until the guf? Wait, wait. Okay. Therefore, clearly, at least at that point, there is an existential feeling 
that I need to get out of this situation. Because the Nishoma is now separate from Dvekas, from the Bersha. Wants to go home. Wants to go home. Or wants to reconnect to existence. Let's face it. God is everything. You connected to Him, you're connected to everybody, so to speak. You're not connected to Him, you're connected to nobody. Wait, 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 wait. As therefore we begin to understand that there is phenomenon that, ex that exists, that has to exist by the separation of the neshama from the Rabbanu Shalom. So when the neshama is inserted into a goof, even if that goof is what? Is inert, right? There has to be something which is now generated. Because you know it's to be disconnected from the Rabbanu that's a major catastrophe. You, 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 you understand? You don't want to be set to be connected to everything and now to be connected to nothing. Come on. What would it leave us? You know what I'm saying? And so therefore, what the Neshama then develops is it's called the existential inferiority. You see. That seems to be Namdik Sufa. All of a sudden, it, 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 forget about Namdik Sufa. It's an incredible inferiority existentially because of that phenomenon that it experiences. Therefore, there is a drive to do what? To reassert its being. I feel like zero. Right? Because the only way you can feel like anything is to be connected to Bersham. But it now feels like zero. You see, so when the Satan comes over externally to the Neshama and says, excuse me, I'm going to tell you how to feel like everything, to be like God, right? Which means to feel what it felt like to be part of the Bershlam. What an interest. What a drive. It's an, it's an Neshama, in other words, it's an existential drive that comes from an incredible existential inferiority because it was separated from the Rabbanishim himself. And that the Satan was talking to. What? Well, the Nishama is the Eitzatoyev, but it's the Eitzatoyev in an incredible state of inferiority. Because that's what happens. When you separate it from the Mekoach from everything, and you now, not only are you separated, that's bad enough. You're now placed in a dungeon. And that's what the goof is. It's a dungeon. But confused or not confused, it has an incredible desire to reinstate itself. Doesn't it? Wouldn't that make sense? Free uh, to free itself, in this case, from the goof, but to what's called, that's the concept of... Uh, homeostasis it's homeostasis it has to restore the balance it has to get rid of this terrible feeling of inferiority that is a drive and the Sultan therefore talks to that individual with that drive and says I have the way to get out who? why would they believe? You know, it's a good question, but listen, I want to tell you something. Why do people fall for gimmicks all the time? You know, a guy gets on the phone and says, you know, you know, these, uh, it's called con, uh, con, you know. Uh, you know, uh, you just won a $100,000 lottery. 
The problem is we don't have your bank account to send it to. <laughs> so here's what we need. We need your social security number, your date of birth, and your bank account number. And then we'll make, we'll, 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 we'll uh, what do you call that? We'll wire you in 100 grand, right? And that person says, 100 grand? What would you like? And how, how, does that, how does that person fall for this kind of nonsense? That's how they fall because everybody wants 100 grand without working. You want it bad enough? You listen to even if how you say if the offer is too good to be true, it is too good to be true. Well, obviously they're preying on people that they are gullible, but you can't believe how many people are gullible. Why? Because a hundred thousand dollars is a tremendous lure. You know, who doesn't want a lottery? You don't have to do any work. Just give them your information. You know. Do you know how many number senior citizens fall for this? You know how many people fall for this kind of stuff? They fall for all kinds of things, you know? You get an email that says, okay, you just want to underplan. All day long, they are con artists thinking of how to separate you from your money. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That's all, that's all they do. And they come up with incredible stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the guy, bank calls you up and says, you know, I'm your bank, you know, and we've, we, we lost your number. You know, uh, you know, or, the, or they, they, they make believe they're the IRS. Uh, you know, we want to send you, you know, $10,000 worth of refunds, you know, but we don't have your, IR, your, your social security number. This goes on all the time. Are you kidding? Adam Rishan. Hey, I mean, I'm prison now. You understand? And for the, what, it looks like I'll never get out of this place. It doesn't know anything, you know, well, you know, so, because this man is supposed to live forever. Yes? Odin was supposed to live forever, wasn't he? So then the Shama says, I'm stuck forever. <laughs> yes? There was no death then. He didn't, there was no such thing as death. He didn't think he would die. So as far as he's concerned, I'm here forever. You, you tell me how, how, you tell me what the desperation is of the Shama to get out. So the Sutton was talking for that. It's an incredible self-interest. Isn't that interesting? People don't even realize that, wait a minute, like I say, you know, who's the Sutton talking to? If you have no interest, there's no contest here. There's no conflict. Nothing. So clearly the man had to have some type of a conflict, or rather an interest, that the Sutton could say, I can help you with your interest. So the question is, where's it coming from? And the answer is, because of the matzah of the neshama. He says the but I'm not selling them a nominic sufa now. It had to start all the way down. Uh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that, that did. This is nominic sufa. But nominic sufa is, you know, is, you know nominic, even if I'm attached to God, I have nominic sufa. <laughs> because I'm not him. That's why right. he sent us down here. But I'm not talking about nominic sufa. I'm talking about an incredible anxiety that's existential fear that I am now separated from the source of existence. Well, why can't you put it simply that the Sultan is saying I'm giving you an easy way out of Ramadan? That's not what he said. You can be God. And doesn't that solve the problem? But that solves all the problems. It solves the whole problem. Exactly. So he's it solves I'm, your you're problem. Out you're out of prison. And not only that, it takes away your Namdik Sufa because now you are God. That's exactly what it solves. It solves. But I'm dwelling on not the Namdik Sufa. I'm dwelling on the, the repercussions of being in a physical body and having what's called existential, very important term, it's an existential inferiority. 
And then when you're born, of course, and then you realize you're an infant, then you have psychological inferiority. That goes next, you know? Uh, but every being, an infant has existential inferiority. It actually has psychological because it realizes it's helpless. And all of a sudden, it, 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 there's a tremendous fear of death. Whatever. I get into the, the inference. Well, what I mean is that we are God. Is, is that we are God. Just like... Uh, Everybody get that? Yes. We're, we're, we're well, that is an That's a very... What I told today is a very profound uh, understanding of what was the contest in the beginning and what the, what, why Vansham did this, you see. And then, of course, once Adam sinned, then bam oh, the guy just entered the, the you know, the, now we have real urges and drives. You know what I'm saying? But I want to tell you something. Why did that I want to tell you one thing. I got to get out of here. It's 12 <laughs> o'clock. I'm going to turn into a pumpkin after 12. I just, anyway. Um, what did I say? Wait, wait, I got it, I got it. Wait, wait, I got it. Ah, okay. <coughs> what I told you now is a critical understanding of something. concept of an existential inferiority is a critical understanding. You have no idea of what the repercussions is to have an existential inferiority because we're stuck in a body, you see. And we all have, remember, it's not psychological inferiority. It's existential inferiority merely by having the neshama in the goof. So existentially we feel like zero. And therefore, the fundamental drive in all humans is what? To be somebody. Exactly. Mm -hmm. To reassert being. You don't realize how fundamental that is. We're always trying to reassert ourselves. And that is the fundamental understanding of all human behavior. Because everything we do, believe it or not, is just another way of reasserting that we're somebody. To be noticed. Be noticed be accepted, be wanted, be famous, be famous. keep going, be rich. be rich, all of it serves only one thing, if I'm all of these things, I'm somebody, and if I'm none of these things, I'm nobody, but the drive to be somebody, to reassert being, is comes from existential inferiority. Animals don't have this problem. They have no animals have another shallow, right? no animals have a, and by the way they do because they fight for the alpha no no and because we have yes. existential inferiority and therefore that determines that means everything we do in life there's only one reason why we do it even though it doesn't look like that is to reassert our being to be somebody it's the most fundamental thing of all that is why, okay, we are incredibly afraid of death. The greatest fear is what? Is the, the greatest drive of all is what? Survival. Who? Survival. 
yes, the greatest drive of all, the bottom of the heap, is preservation of self life. We need to preserve ourselves. Why? Because if we preserve ourselves, we are. And if we don't, we aren't. It's all part of the existential need to be. We want to be. We want to be. No, no, no. It, 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 no, but right now. Yes, but that means we all. Therefore, a person is always trying to assert or reassert being. I am. And he's always trying to feel that he's, I am. The nation was. He didn't have this problem, he said that he was. It was built in. No, but once you're put into a goof, and you've been separated from the, the source of all existence, then basically you feel like zero. But he wasn't supposed to die. No, no, I'm not talking about death. The problem is the separation creates an incredible sense of there, loss of self. There are different like, levels of to be. I mean, to be, he was, but he was like on a lower level. You know, a lower level is one thing, but when an ashama is separated, it's a bottom level. Remember, God is the highest level, and if you're now no longer there, and you're entrapped physically, you're zero. And you could so terminate should, any should, second. You could be gone any death. second. We should, why are we afraid of death? We should embrace it. It is this existential psychological imbalance. Embrace it? Yes. What are you contemplating? Suicide? No, it's not so wrong. But you're saying, you're saying people have a fundamental um, apprehension of death. By the way, I see people who are thinking of suicide. What is it? I see people who are thinking of suicide. I'm joking. Listen, I, I, it's 5 after 12. Hobrach Listen, all I'm saying is this. It creates uh, existential inferiority, and when you add psychological inferiority, because we are born as infants, that's another killer. Wait, we, wait, 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 wait. We feel like completely impotent beings, which is at the bottom of the heap, and therefore we spend... Shh, wait, wait, wait. We spend our entire lives trying to compensate and to compensate in the sense that we want to feel like something. And we have so many different ways. All these things we mentioned somehow give us a sense of self. You see? You see? And if you, if you want to know how we compensate, that's another sheer. But, um, but it's astounding that the fundamental drive of all man is what? is to be, to feel like he exists. And by the way, that is the root of all mental illness, where we feel we're nothing. That's why psychological inferiority is the greatest devastation. You know, uh, it's a lot to talk about, but, uh, but anyway, but that, that all comes from the fact, you know, ultimately the existential inferiority, psychological inferiority, and we have this incredible desire and drive, the most fundamental psychological drive is to be. Therefore, uh, the fear of death is the greatest fear, because it's the exact opposite of being. And the drive to be controls all our behaviors. We all, everything we do is to be. You have no idea how extensive, or rather, how pervasive that drive is. Maybe we'll talk about it next week, in, in, in that sense, you know? Why, why anyway. Why the exact opposite of being 
without the door. I get into the shield. So it's a very fundamental shield. If you realize that, what do I do with the ladder? That ladder is huge. I mean, it 